Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Kevin O'Dell, the pastor at St. Therese Parish in Sioux Falls. He will be here to talk about rationalizing sin. We all do it. We all know we do it. We do it anyway. So he's going to come in and talk about that. Some Give us some ways to stop doing that. Um, it's a really great conversation, so I hope you'll stick around for that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald in studio, as always. Nothing. No, no, no. Oh, wow. Biblical Bites with Dr. B. Oh, okay. that's all. All right. <laughs> no Hello, singing. Renee. No singing Hello. today. It's uh, early today. <clears throat> well, as we're recording, at least. Yes. Yes. Well, it's early when it's on, too. Right. Uh, that's true. But people can listen on demand. True. You know, it's called the internet. Middle of the night, if they want, the, the, which I've heard yeah. has been done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's today, Renee? I was on vacation last week, so now that's going to really mess me yeah. up. Thirty second. Well done. Okay. Ding 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 ding. Yay! One, I of didn't the, even... one of these days we'll one get the buzz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and just as a reminder, how many days Sundays uh, left? In... Thirty four. So we have two more. <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving that close. Oh, Thanksgiving is coming close, and then it's beginning to look a lot Shh, like don't Advent. <laughs> What did you think I was going to say? You're gonna sing we some were Christmas talking before songs. we started recording about how, yeah, the, the Christmas the, the, music stations, is already they're started. Already playing Christmas music. No. People, ordinary times not even over yet. Then we have Advent, uh, and then we have Christmas, but our culture doesn't get that. Yes, we're not here to talk about that. No. So actually, we're going to do a little bit of uh, liturgical trivia Ooh. today. That's not I, a word. You should. Yeah. It is not. I just said it. it. How could I say it if it's not a word? It sounds like you really needed the buzzers ready, Bill. <laughs> so, what do we call the opening prayer at Mass, Renee? The more formal name. Do you remember? Mm, no. The collect. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, okay. I've seen that. Do you know why we call it the collect? The collect. Well, but for some reason, the stresses on the different syllable. In the Are you mass. buying this bill? No. It is. No. It's called the no. collect. It's called the collect. If you if you okay. ask uh, those well, who like who do you ask? Like the stuff, Pope or what? The, well, <laughs> Father Martin Lawrence is okay. our uh, MC okay. and Okay. Uh, well I imagine so you can like collect yourself. Yeah. Collect yourself. Yes. The at the collect you and collect. <laughs> so the, the priest attention. gathers our prayers together and we it, so it's the yeah, the quote unquote opening prayer um, for mass. Who is it usually addressed to? Uh, the Father. Almost, not always, but almost always it's addressed to God, the Father. Mm-hmm. And then it always ends, perdonum, uh, perdonum Latin, through our through Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ yeah. your Son, who lives and reigns with you in, in the, the unity, unity of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. One God. Oh, no, I'm sorry. God forever and ever. Hey, now, there are priests that are still struggling with that, oh, too, so don't. So this is the thing that I want to talk about. So first of all, um, we're coming up almost 10 years ago. It was the first Sunday of Advent, 2011, so mm-hmm. late November, early December, 2011, that we had the new translation in English of the Mass. So right. that's where we got in the unity of the Holy Spirit. It used to be... Uh, I don't remember what it was. Anyway, it's been 10 years. And if I remember I it now, then either. I'll be screwed up. For right, the next right, several. right. So whatever it was before. But this much more, much less fanfare. <laughs> we didn't practice for weeks beforehand. Starting at back in Ash Wednesday this year, mm-hmm. 2021, there was one little word that, that was disappeared, disappeared <laughs> from the collect. So through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the union of the Holy Spirit, God. 
forever and ever. And so one God, we've been saying one God forever and ever um, for well, since 1969, yeah. Advent of 1969. So even before both of us, all three of us, it's yes. before our time. For sure. Do we believe in multiple gods now, Renee? Did we drop no. one God because there's more than one? No, but I'm not really sure I understand why they needed to drop the yeah. one. So, I've heard it, but now I don't remember it. And I Speeding felt the like, mass up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's like half a second gone. Right, right. So we, or less. It, so it's not in the Latin. Right. In Latin, it doesn't say one God. It just says God forever and ever. Okay, so that's one thing. That's like the sort of, because I said so kind of explanation. I love those kind. But why? I hate those kind. But why does the Latin say one God? So before, the the way it was before, it was talking about the the triune nature. We have one God. Mm -hmm. But really the point of the the conclusion of the collect has always been about Jesus's divinity through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is God Mm. forever and ever. So... We made this small little change. So it's never been about confessing the fact that God is triune. For whatever reason, in the English translation, they made about God being Trinity. But the conclusion of the collect has always been about the fact it's through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who is God forever and ever. So the conclusion of the collect is really about Jesus being God. And by dropping the one, that's remind we're reminded of that. Right. Uh, That helps a lot, Dr. B. Thanks a lot. You bet. In the studio with me today, I have Father Kevin O'Dell. He is the pastor at St. Therese Parish in Sioux Falls. Welcome, Father O'Dell. Thank you, Renee, for having me here this yeah. morning. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Good, good, good to hear it. I haven't seen you for a while, so. My life float around a lot. <laughs> you do, and you pop into the chancery once in a while, so we get to wave or, or say hi, but that's about it most of the time, so. Well, it's been a pretty busy year, I think, for it has everybody. Been. Yes, yes. So <clears throat> today we are going to talk to Father Odell about rationalizing sin. This is something we all do. Um, so we're going to talk about where, how this happens, why, why do we do it, um, what it looks like when people do it, and maybe how we can try to not do it quite so much. I mean, we're human, we kind of tend to do that, but it'd be good to work on not rationalizing our sin, I would guess, right? I think that's probably <laughs> true. That's a good thing to do. <laughs> All right, so can you just start, uh, for those who don't know you, just a little bit of background on Father Odell. Uh, well, I have been in the mental health field for mm-hmm. a long time. This is my Actually, my uh, 38th year in practice. Oh, wow. Uh, I've got a doctor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in clinical social work. Okay. Uh, as well as educational degrees, I have spent a considerable amount of time in secondary schools, uh, both administrating and also uh, providing counseling services. Okay, okay. You also do a lot of work in the diocese, if I remember right, <clears throat> on the... Um uh, uh, good grief, the word just completely left me, pornography uh, yep. uh, counseling. Is we that right? do a uh, program here called the Chastity Support Group right, that yeah. meets every Wednesday at Our Lady of Guadalupe, and that's for anybody that uh, is ex- over 18 mm-hmm. that's experiencing difficulties with pornography um, and they can come there and find some solutions to that. Right. 
uh, in a group environment. Right. And and so with that experience and all of your psychology and sociology, sociology experience, not to mention as a priest, you probably hear a lot of rationalizing of sin going on in a lot of ways. I well, I hear a lot of rationalization, yes. period. Yes, yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what we mean by this first, so everybody knows is on the same page? Well, rationalization is a psychological term, which mm-hmm. means that you uh, find a way to attribute your behavior to some other cause or uh, for some other reason than uh, it really is being uh, spawned by. Okay. So, for example, um, if uh, I do something that's negative to someone else, I can rationalize that by saying, well, they aggravated me or they made mm-hmm. me mad, so that's why I responded the way that I did. Right. Uh, and often we have some other uh, uh, things that go with that. Minimization is when you oh. try to make something that is pretty big, much smaller than it is. Sure. Um, or when you inflate something, uh, ah. let's say someone does something that's um, somewhat aggravating to you, you make it sound like, boy, that was a huge thing that they did. <laughs> it was the worst thing in the world, right? That's right. <laughs> so we tend to do this just in our everyday lives pretty much constantly. Because when you define that, I'm thinking, yeah, I do those things a lot. So it's not just in specifically sin, I suppose, but usually when we're rationalizing something, we're doing it because it's something that we maybe shouldn't have done. Am I? Is that true? Well, that's, I think, absolutely true. It's like driving down the interstate at 90 miles an hour and you're stopped and you tell the police officer, well, I thought I was only going 86. <laughs> um, you know, so we do those things because we want to avoid the consequences, social sure. or otherwise, sure. of what we uh, have done or what we've been engaged in. Yeah. And some of those consequences can be things like um, ostra- ostracization, which I can't say that word very well, but being ostracized from our friends, from society, um, <clears throat> just any kind of discomfort that would come with maybe owning up to something or being honest about what is actually happening. Well, I think that's exactly true, Renee, but I think it has gotten increasingly uh, a bigger problem in the last uh, 20 years, especially with all the social media platforms Mm -hmm. that we have, where there's a constant uh, effort to compare yourself to someone else. And so... Uh, you rationalize or you minimize because you don't want to appear that you're different than the particular group that you wish to associate with. Right. Uh, And so if you do something and it's not quite fitting the norm, then you find a reason to uh, attribute that to another cause. Right. I imagine this is connected to original sin somehow. I think way back, (laughs) that's the the start of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, There was, um, I had made a note of a something that Pope Pius XII had said. This was in October 1946, uh, a radio message to the participants in the National Catechetical Congress of the U.S. in Boston. He said, perhaps the greatest sin in the world today is that men have begun to lose the sense of sin. That was in 1946. This, yes. It's a lot of yep. years later, and I think that has only gotten worse. It seem, or it seems, and maybe that's because we are able to see it more. I don't know. I think that um, 
certainly from the perspective of being a priest and celebrating Mass and preaching, I see that frequently in uh, the congregation, a sense of discomfort when you start <clears throat> talking about sin, excuse me, and because we want to be able to find other reasons for the the wrong things that we mm-hmm. do than uh, to say, yes, I did something wrong, I did it deliberately, uh, and now I have to face the consequences of that. Right. So when you begin to preach about sin, you can just see a ripple in the congregation because it brings about a sense of discomfort. Sometimes it brings a a sense also of people saying, you know, that's an old-fashioned idea. Mm. Um, There are much better explanations for why we do the things that we do Mm. today, uh, psychological reasons or sociological reasons rather than uh, the simple fact that we do wrong things. Right. So do you see that as kind of a they're like uncoupling that those actions with with any kind of faith life they want to it's almost like they're disassociating wrongdoing with sin to kind of pull it out of any kind of religion. I, I don't know if that's what's happening or what do you think? Well, I think we live in an increasingly secular world mm-hmm. um which presents problems. You don't yeah. want to talk about uh, sin, and you don't want to talk about the consequences of sin. Um, in addition, I think that um, we have sometimes a skewed view of the Lord. You know, right. We see him as being kind of this uh, almost holy card image of uh, Jesus in smiling at us and reaching out in mercy, mm-hmm. which he does. Yes. But there's the other side of the coin, which is also he's all just. Right. And uh, God is always, without without justice, there can be no mercy. Mm-hmm. So I think that we don't like to talk about the justice part. Right. We like to talk about the mercy part. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dr. Bergwald refers to that as teddy bear Jesus. Right. We, we like the teddy bear Jesus. And we I don't... like, ho- and that's a great one too, <laughs> but I like... You know, one of the things that that I really think about is Holy Card Jesus. Holy Card, yes. (laughs) I've not really heard that before, but that's a good one. Well, because it's, you know, it's something we stick away in our prayer book, and uh, we forget that Jesus walked the face of the earth with us. Yeah. Uh, And so I I think that uh, one of the biggest dangers that we face right now is this, and, and this goes back to my own profession, that there's lots of reasons that you can find for why someone does something. Mm-hmm. Um, they came from a abusive home life, for example, mm-hmm. or they um, suffered some kind of great grief or loss that causes them to do some, some wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's easy to look at it from that psychological perspective as opposed to, well, you deliberately did something that right. you knew was wrong. Right. And then you kind of let people off the hook when they maybe should. It would be better for them to not be let off the hook so they can actually deal with the actions that they did. Or to face the reality yeah. that they need to make changes. Right, right. Very true. Because they may not make the changes if they don't do that, I imagine. Has that been your Often experience? T- yeah. yeah. Well, if you have an excuse for why right. you did something, yeah. uh, then there's really no reason to mm-hmm. seek change. If if you become aware that, look, I offended God, I offended my neighbor, uh, then there's a reason that you need to do something different. Right, right. So society definitely plays a role in this. I think there's so much pressure 
to be a certain way, do certain things, look a certain way on social media, as you mentioned. Um, is there is there something we can, I mean, we have to find ways to work against this. So if society is constantly, like we can't blame society entirely. Our own nature and society are kind of always pulling us this way. So are there things we can do to start to work against that rationalization that you're seeing? Well, let we me, do? before we get into that, yeah. give you a classic uh, example, I think, of uh, what is happening right now, uh, something that is probably familiar to a lot of our young people. It's a program uh, that you can get on. It's called TikTok. Oh, yes. <laughs> and TikTok uh, is one of those things where you accept the challenge to go out and take something and then take a picture of it uh, and post it. So um, you can go now on TikTok and you see mirrors that have been taken out of school bathrooms oh. or uh, trophies that have been taken out of the trophy case. Um, you know, I went on uh, not long ago just to see what was on there, and there was a young boy. You couldn't see his face, but he was holding up um, a host, and he was saying, look what I got at uh, church on Sunday. Um, oh, so there's that sense, see, of... It being a challenge, mm -hmm. it's not seen as being something wrong. Right. Now, when they steal the mirror or they take the uh, trophy or whatever they're doing, they certainly don't return it. Right. Um, but that is completely lost in this uh, mystique that they've created, which is I'm going to be in this competition and I'm going to do the most uh, egregious thing that I can mm -hmm. think of to gain notoriety. Right. So sin now becomes a good thing. Sin becomes a good thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that uh, even people looking at that, uh, even though they know that that's wrong, there's kind of that, wow, look what they got away with. Um, or uh, And they got attention for it. They got attention right. for it. Or if there's something that's humorous that's put on, then the laughter, and it's there's never any recognition that... That cost, <coughs> excuse me, somebody money and time and effort uh, to replace all of that. Right. So I imagine this is dangerous for our souls. It's very dangerous <laughs> for yeah. our souls because we never acknowledge that uh, there is a fallen part of us that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And there's no, like, I feel like there's no sense of guilt or anything that we've kind of lost that, that that sense of sin that Pope Pius XII talked about. It's like there's no, no one's putting any consequences on anyone. So there's no, there's no guilt. There's no shame. There's, I mean, I don't, you, that seems to have disappeared almost entirely in a lot of ways. I think that, that there's two things that I think about uh, when I think about guilt. I think about the notion of where that's being motivated from. Is that an external thing that's happening? Mm -hmm. Uh, I get picked up for speeding, I get a ticket. That's an external sense of guilt. When you have a sense of guilt that's motivated by your conscience, mm -hmm. that's a different thing. That's right. an internal sense of guilt. Um, and so I remember back to my experience in a Catholic school, mm -hmm. you know, growing up, and the sisters that taught us constantly reinforcing in our mind that 
we make decisions and that we have to accept the consequences of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that created, I think, in us a sense of a conscience, a sense of um, an understanding of right and wrong that was internal. Right. Not something that was consequential to what society said or didn't right. say. Right. And maybe that isn't happening as much now, do you think? Well, I think that parents certainly try, but mm-hmm. then, you know, when you go uh, out and about in the public school sector, for example, you can't talk about those kinds of things. Right. So there's not the same emphasis on uh, values that mm-hmm. uh, we had in a parochial system. It's not to say that the public schools are not good. They are. I've administered public schools. Uh, but there are certain things that are precluded from them from them doing because of the law. Right, right. So I have even noticed myself, um, I'm going to go to confession or something like that, especially confession. Here's offer like, so you, you confess your sin, and sometimes you have a couple little, well, I did it because of this, or... Um, just little excuses kind of for the sin. Is that, do you hear that in confession? Uh, you know, please tell me I'm not the only one who does that occasionally. No, you're not. <laughs> okay, you're good. Not. Um, I, I think that one of the things that causes that, I think, is a sense of discomfort. Right. You come in and you confess a sin, um, and oftentimes you're not face-to-face with the priest, and so you're sitting there wondering, I wonder what he's thinking. You know, yes. so I've got to give some kind of little rejoinder to dampen it down a little right. bit. Right. Um, I think it also reflects our own sense of guilt that we feel uh, this is something that's wrong, um, and I just don't want to completely deal with just how wrong it is. Right. Would you recommend that? Is It's better. I've heard priests say it's better if you don't do that. Just say the sin. And move on. And why why is that better? Well, I think, you know, you can over-explain mm-hmm. a sin. And then uh, you're beginning to, when you do that, you're beginning to look for the cause of it. Sure. This is what caused me to do it. Um, it's kind of the devil made me do it <laughs> right. type of thing. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's very true. Uh, so I'm going to come back to the round of that question now. How do we... How do we work against this? Is there Are there some things you can recommend to help people stop rationalizing things so much, um, especially in confession, but in just everyday life? This is going to sound really trite, okay. but tell the truth. Okay. You know, I yeah. think that sometimes uh, to just come in and, and say in confession, I lied, and it mm-hmm. was a serious lie. You don't have to get into what the lie was mm-hmm. or uh, how it happened or why you feel that you were caused or or had a reason to lie. Just confess it. Right. Um, so tell the truth, number one. Number two, uh, don't leave things out. Uh, oh, I, yeah. Oh, that's really easy to do. You just kind of tell part of it, and then you're like, oh, you'll get the rest. <laughs> You know what I mean. Yes, you know, all yes of that. exactly. So those are two things that, that I think are, are really important. The third thing that I think is absolutely important that helps with rationalization, at least for those of us that are Catholic and have the sacrament of reconciliation, is go to confession frequently. Right. Because um, I think sometimes 
Uh, we wait so long in between that we forget, number one, what we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've had some time to reflect on that. And we think, ooh, that wasn't so good. Uh, and then we kind of uh, play it down when right. we get there. Right. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that before as far as not going to confession very often. You give yourself lots of time to rationalize that sin away. Yep. And now it's not so important to go to confession anymore. So I find or myself Or it's convenient yeah, <laughs> not right, to right. do that. <laughs> exactly. Very much so. Um, are there any saints that you can turn to for intercession for this issue that you know of? Well, I think one of the saints that I always turn to is John Vianney. Oh, Um, yes. He's the great patron of the parish priest, but also just his um, undying devotion to the sacrament of reconciliation, often spending uh, 15 hours a day in the confessional Mm -hmm. hearing people's sins. And he had the ability to look into people's hearts Mm -hmm. and to help them confess completely. Right. Um, They... and. He knew that they rationalized sin back then, too, so (laughs) he was helping them confess completely. Yeah, this is not a new problem, which which is good to know, but it it sure would be nice to try to uh, tamp it down as much as possible in our own lives. You have me really thinking about even when you're just driving and um, you will be like, uh, oh, that guy just cut me off, but were you maybe driving a little faster than you should have? And you, the part about being honest, tell the truth. So I think that's really important to remember just in everyday things that you're rationalizing. So. That's right. And I think, you know, in a particular way, um, some sins lend themselves more to rationalization mm-hmm. than others. For example, sexual sins. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't like to talk about those openly because mm-hmm. it's embarrassing to us. So we kind of, and I'm going to use the term dumb it down, Mm -hmm. you know, and make it uh, less than it really was. Or if we've done something that was deliberately hurtful to someone else, we don't want to be seen as as being that kind of person that um, strikes out or does something in anger. Mm -hmm. Yet it's when we acknowledge those weaknesses in us in complete honesty and openness that we are really able to uh, begin the process of making amends for them. Yeah. And that's the important part, to make amends and to heal from it. Absolutely. Is there anything we missed? I don't think so. I, I think we have to understand that uh, we're dealing with both a psychological issue as well as a spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the best of our abilities to continue to stress to people the need to be um, rigorously honest in how we look at ourselves and what we do. Yeah. And turn to Jesus for, for help in it. Amen. Ask it, He will help you if you ask him. So. He will help you, and he'll do it in a gentle way. Right. But in a very blunt and straightforward way right. as well. A loving dad way. Yep. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here today with me, Father Odell. It was a pleasure, and I really appreciate you talking on this topic with us. Well, thank you, Renee, for inviting me. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. God bless you. All right. Uh, If you haven't found us on social media yet, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Um, Most of our programs are uh, on YouTube, on video at SF Diocese. That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic News.